The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Well, happy summer. The summer is a time for vacations, barbecues, holiday celebrations, parties, swimming, and simply enjoying the warm weather. The season is even more fun when your cat or dog can join in with you for the fun and festivities. This is our summer special programming. We hope you enjoy it as well as pick up a few tips that can keep your pet safe and your pet spending down. This week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about pool safety, gearing and stocking up for summer, Fourth of July dangers with veterinarian Dr. Tina Wismer. And as the summer temperatures soar, dogs are at risk of potentially fatal heat related illnesses, and certain ones appear particularly vulnerable. So, joining us today to talk about heat related illness is veterinarian Dr. Benjamin Brainerd from the University of Georgia College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Brainerd is board certified in both veterinary anesthesiology and emergency critical care. He serves as an associate editor for the Journal of Veterinary Emergency and Critical Care. Dr. Brainerd, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Well, thank you so much. It's very nice to meet both of you and I appreciate the invitation. Thank you. So, Dr. Brainerd, can you review with us heat-related illness and how they affect pets? Absolutely. I think one thing to consider, you know, just sort of thinking about it in a general sense is that it's it's okay to get hot and most animals, including people, have different mechanisms to get rid of that extra heat. Where animals get into trouble is when they're unable, you know, when they're generating more heat in their body than they're able to dissipate to the environment. And so that if you're generating more heat than you're able to get rid of, that is sort of what brings us or leads an animal to develop heat-related illness. And I appreciate your terminology because there's actually heat-related illness as part of a spectrum. And so while I think we're familiar with the concept of heat stroke, which is sort of the far end of the spectrum, we can actually see animals uh, affected by uh, what's called um, heat exhaustion as well. And that kind of is a prelude to heat stroke and is something that owners should be really um, vigilant and aware of. Yeah, I mean, I know with Hammy, my English toy spaniel, you know, he gets sometimes stressed from walking outside and then plus with the heat and then he's trying to like pan his way to coolness. And I immediately at that point, like pick him up or squirt him or mist him down so that he can, you know, try to stay cool and that his body temperature doesn't get super hot. Yeah, and that's really important. And especially so there are a couple of risk factors that influence how dogs are able to dissipate their heat. And toy spaniels, and uh, probably to a greater degree, uh, animals like bulldogs or French bulldogs, dogs that have a shorter nose, that we call brachycephalic dogs, um, they seem to have a limited uh, ability compared to long-nosed dogs like Labradors to dissipate that heat. Um, there's two different ways that animals get rid of heat. One is that they will lose heat to their environment through their skin. So you'll notice as dogs get hotter, um, their ears will, the pinna of their ears will become red, their gums will become red. All of that is their blood vessels dilating 
to get rid of heat. And the other way they do it is by panting. And in brachycephalic dogs, the dogs with the shorter noses, they have a decreased ability to move large volumes of air. And so their ability to lose heat through panting is limited compared to dogs with longer noses. And I hope the French bulldog people are listening to this because, as we know, in this country, the French bulldog, I think, is the number one AKC registered dog in the United States. Plus, people in this country are just French bulldog crazy as well as English bulldog crazy. So this question was especially for you, as well as my ETS peeps. You had a question, Dr. Fleck. Can you also tell us what other dog or dogs have certain health conditions? that put them at risk. That's a great point because there are some aspects that are breed related or sort of conformational. And there are other aspects that we actually can have um, impact on. So one of the big things that we can do for our pets is to keep them slim. Uh, another thing that influences the ability of animals to, to really um, pant effectively can be obesity. And so if you have a pet who is carrying around a lot of extra weight, it makes that just that much harder for them to dissipate some of that heat. Um, other pets that we see that are sort of overrepresented in terms of those who present with heat stroke are also some of the really large breed uh, dogs, mastiffs and, and uh, animals like that. And I think probably they're just generating a lot of heat for their body size. I will also add, it's a little bit different depending on where pets grow up. And so if you have a pet that is already acclimatized to heat and humidity, so for instance, a, a dog that's grown up in Georgia or Florida, they tend to have a higher heat tolerance than, for instance, a dog who, if you're traveling on vacation and you've just brought your dog down from the Northeast down to Florida, they may have a tougher time adjusting to that hot, humid weather uh, simply because they're not acclimatized to it. And you know what? I know what you're thinking, Dr. Fleck. <laughs> I can read it right now on your face. You're thinking that since so many people have moved to Florida, mm -hmm. that people need to be careful if they've just relocated mm -hmm. to some of our... The, the states where they came from, maybe they were walking their pets at a different time of the day than what you can in Georgia or Florida. I mean, maybe as the sun's coming up or before the sun is coming up, or as the sun's going down, or after the sun's going down in our two states, especially coming from the Northeast or the Midwest or California. So why should pet parents know, Dr. Brainerd, the warning signs of HRI, and, and what should they be looking for? That's an excellent question, because I think it is important to recognize when your pet is becoming fatigued or starting to show signs of heat exhaustion, uh, partially because it prevents them from progressing to heat stroke, but also because there are some things that you can do at home before you get your pet to a veterinarian that are, can be really important and potentially save their lives. So as animals progress into heat exhaustion, you will notice animals will become fatigued, they'll become weaker, they may have vomiting or diarrhea, or they may just have an episode of collapse. They'll usually be panting hard, and you may, as we noted previously, you may notice that their uh, the inside of their ears is bright, bright red, or their gums are bright red. If you see that happening and you're uh, near any sort of water, um, the first step to do would be to get your pet wet. Um, as I said earlier, the two main ways that pets get rid of excess heat is by either radiating it through their skin or by panting. 
by putting some water on there, you can encourage evaporation of that water and it can very rapidly help to cool your pet. It doesn't even need to be cold water, just water and a breeze can save your pet's life. So if your pet shows some signs of having heat related illness or HRI, what should a pet owner do? I, you know, I think probably stop what you're doing, get your pet to a shaded area, um, get your pet some fresh water. And as I say, if, you know, if you have a, temp a thermometer, you can take your pet's temperature, but quite honestly, if you're concerned about that, just get your pet wet. It's not necessarily useful to put wet towels on them because those towels, as they lose their heat, will heat up and then they'll hold heat in. So our preference, at least in the emergency room, is we make pets very wet and we put, them, uh, put a fan in front of them because that encourages both evaporation and convective cooling, which is the most effective way to cool them down. Um, I think if you're just starting to see signs, if your pet is just looking a little bit peaked and uh, you know not having signs of collapse or vomiting or diarrhea, I think you can, if you can very rapidly bring them inside to a cool shaded place, give them some water, you may be able to, um, you know, kind of mitigate the signs right at that point. So since heat illness can be fatal, how can we help our dogs stay cool during the summer? I've had dogs. I had one dog who was a dachshund and the back legs never quite communicated with the front legs. And she, she would always kind of torpedo whenever she would try to swim, but she did seem to enjoy it. But if you've got a dog that loves the water, absolutely a great way to stay cool. I think the main dogs that we see coming into the emergency room are dogs that have been left outside without shelter, without any sort of cool area, without fresh water. And so if you're doing something like that, I think it's really critical that you have an animal, they've always got access to a shaded area, they can always get inside. And as we started earlier, restricting exercise. I mean, this isn't 1 p.m. in Georgia in the summer is not a time to go jogging with your, you know, with your Mastiff. And I mean, I've seen that even in Philadelphia. So it's not just the Southern states. You really need to be aware of, as you say, the, the, the temperature, but also the heat index and the humidity. Because if there's a lot of moisture in the air, it makes it more difficult for animals to lose heat by panting as well. Well, Dr. Brainerd, thank you so much for the tip about the redness of the ears. That's a warning sign. And thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your visiting with us and discussing such, really it's timely right now with, this, with the heat of the summer. And can you give us a website where we can learn more? I think the AKC actually has some really nice websites, um, both the AKC Foundation and also the AKC proper has some nice websites on heat stroke. I've forwarded you the link if you want to uh, have them, but they're just at akc.com. The other thing, everybody, I want you to recognize, you don't have to have a purebred dog to go to the akc.org website. So it's a great site for great information. Don't be intimidated to go there. Use the information to your advantage. So I'm glad Dr. Brainard mentioned that. Well, just to remind you as we wrap this segment up, that was Dr. Benjamin Brainard from the University of Georgia College of Veterinary Medicine discussing heat-related illnesses. So up next is 4th of July Dangers with Dr. Tina Wismer.
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. When we think of the 4th of July, we think of patriotic colored clothing, barbecues, and fireworks. While it may seem like a great idea to include your pet in these fun festivities for 4th of July, it's important for all pet parents to be aware of potential dangers caused by this holiday. So joining us today is Dr. Tina Wismer, the medical director of the ASPCA Poison Control Center. Welcome back, Dr. Wismer. We're always happy to speak with you. Thank you. Fourth of July, the real big kickoff to the summer. And one of the things people are always worried about are those citronella candles. They always are buying those. And once again, they're on low tables. And then there's bug sprays. Um, and sometimes the um, the slinky bug armbands that you wear. Um, and, you know, there are people, you can't miss them. And then you start thinking, if I'm having people over, we have to worry about the bugs. So talk about how these products pose uh, a danger to pets. Sure. So when we think about, you know, mosquitoes and bug sprays, um, if you're using them in the environment, right, I'm going to spray my lawn before people come over. Make sure it's completely dry before you let your pets out. If you're spraying yourself, or your pets, make sure it's labeled for use on your pets, okay? And if they accidentally get into one of those candles or the citronella oil, um, we certainly can see vomiting. And if enough is ingested, we can actually start to see things like muscle tremors. So once again, prevention. So, you know, what's the number one pet danger over the 4th of July weekend? Well, the number one is really animals getting lost and running away because of the noise from fireworks. Um, it unfortunately freaks a lot of animals out. So make sure that you have identification, a collar, a microchip, something that can help return the animal to where it belongs. Yeah, I'm always amazed that we've seen in these reports that come out, the busiest days of the shelters are the 5th July 5th and July 6th, because that's where a lot of pets end up, whether they get picked up by, quote unquote, the local dog catcher or where someone will find a pet and then drop them off at the shelter. True? True. Yes. So now that we've talked about besides getting lost, how else can fireworks, because that's a big thing that obviously prompts the pets to go missing. How, how else can fireworks harm pets? Sure. So if you're having backyard fireworks, right, sparklers, smoke bombs, firecrackers, um, those can be problematic. They can cause burns. And also some of the chemicals that are used to make these, if your pets eat them, we can see potential poisoning from the heavy metals in there. Or there's compounds called chlorates that can actually change the blood so it can't carry oxygen. Wow. I mean, because a lot of times when you're doing backyard fireworks, you know, you put them on the ground or they explode and you leave them on the ground. It's not like people are rushing out to pick them up, correct? 
Correct. Correct. I mean, they're hot. You need to be careful. So definitely keep the pets away and clean up afterwards. Yeah. And also people tend to have a tendency not, they're so tired because fireworks tend to be in the evening and the party's gone on for hours before, as well as the drinking, correct? Correct. Well, besides getting, and, and I think it was great advice that you mentioned, you should definitely microchip your dog and have ID. And I would assume that ID should be current with your current cell phone number, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, and if you, and if your pet does get lost, what should people do? Should they call their shelter? Should they make flyers? Right. You should definitely call your local veterinarians and the local shelter um, and even go down there. Um, sometimes people describe dogs in one way and the shelter may describe it in another day, way. So go down there and check it out. Make sure your dog's not there. Yeah. I mean, recently when my cat went missing, I actually took to social media and a lot of people who work in rescue, who go back and forth to the shelters told me that my cat was at the local animal shelter, that he was there and they were positive. It was the same cat. And they actually even sent me the quote unquote ad for that missing cat from the shelter. So I thought that was a great idea. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Tina Wismer, the medical director of the ASPCA Poison Control Center. Okay, that brings me to alcohol and food. So what do we need to be careful with the alcohol and the food? Right. So just like you and I, uh, we don't want to over imbibe. And with dogs and cats, they can, you know, drink your drinks and end up in the same situation. So we don't want them to become drunk at high enough doses that can cause alcohol poisoning. Yeah. I mean, too many times people, when they do have these um, 4th of July or outdoor barbecues, they have a tendency to leave beer on the ground or on a low table on a porch or a lanai or even in the house or even in the front stoop sometimes when they go out to smoke a cigarette. And then we also have a lot of rich foods at these barbecues. We have the chicken with the sauce and then there's corn cobs. Talk to us about that. Right. Corn cobs are probably one of the most dangerous foods. They're not poisonous, but if swallowed, they can cause an obstruction and those need to be surgically removed. Yeah. And I'm always amazed that like a corn cob is what, like six inches long or something like that. And you wonder how a German shepherd or a Weimaraner can eat that whole thing and just swallow it down, right? Yep. Swallow it whole in the stomach, you know, it'll stay there. And then the problem happens when it tries to leave the intestinal tract and it gets stuck right there. Yeah. I mean, but with all that garlic and butter and salt and pepper, it's no wonder they want to lick and chew and suck the remnants of what was a really good ear of corn, correct? Yes. So definitely keep those away from your pets. (laughs) You know, one of the things I'm always curious about, and I think a lot of people don't think about it, is the barbecue dangers. Talk to us a little bit about the barbecue dangers. Sure. So we think about things like hot coals being dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, We even have some dogs that will eat the briquettes beforehand. Um, So that can also cause an obstruction. Um, But one of the biggest things is people, right? They use drip trays and they catch all the fat. And what do they do with it? They pour it out in the driveway, right? Or they pour it out, you know, in the rocks next to the driveway and dogs will eat all of that. 
Um, so that can cause an obstruction from the rocks or just pancreatitis from eating all that fat. And you mentioned the briquettes. Well, a lot of times we tend to keep the briquettes down on the ground. So a dog that's curious will open the bag and like you said, smell that grease, maybe dripping a little bit and just say, ooh, this looks kind of tasty, right? Yeah. So it's definitely best to keep our pets away whenever we have that grill fired up. Dr. Tina, if our pet ingests something or there's a, a medical emergency, what should we do on 4th of July weekend? So you can give your veterinarian a call first. If they're not available, you can give us a call. We're here 24 hours. And that number is 888-426-4435. Dr. Tina, thank you so much for visiting with me today. Before we go, would you be so kind as to give us a website so people can review some of these pet dangers that they need to be aware of? Sure. ASPCA.org. And you can search for 4th of July. Okay, great. Dr. Tina, thanks so much for joining us. That was Dream Team member, Dr. Tina Wismer, the medical director of the ASPCA Poison Control Center. Remember to take time to protect your pets this 4th of July weekend. Have a plan. Talk to guests before and upon arrival at your home and make sure your pet is microchipped and has current ID with a current phone number. And lastly, keep the number of the emergency vet or ASPCA poison control hotline uh, center in your cell phone so it's accessible or put it on the wall right next to a phone. We're going to take a commercial break. Up next, Doc Fleck and I are talking about gearing and stocking up for the pet summer season. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, summer adventures become even more fun for dogs when they have the proper gear and supplies. Whether you're planning a staycation or a more intense excursion this summer, just check out some of the season's best canine finds. So, pet trendologist Charlie Reed will discuss gearing and stocking up for a safe pet summer. So, Charlotte, can you talk to us about some of the biggest safety concerns for pet parents as dogs spend more time outside this summer? Yeah, I think one of the best places to start is parasites because pet owners need to worry, be really worried about fleas and ticks. Parasites pose an animal and human health risk. They suck human and pet blood as well as transmit diseases. And that's one of the reasons it's critical to protect your pets. They can also, as you know, as a veterinarian, Dr. Fleck, all that scratching and itching can lead to flea dermatitis as well as a hefty vet bill. Exactly, a hefty vet bill. So that's why for pet parents, I like Tever Pets Natural Flea and Tick 
spray for home and pets. It's safe for your pets and it's safe for your kids. You know what? You can actually spray it on your pets directly. It's powered by botanicals and you can spray it inside the home, outside the home. And think about it. You go hiking, kayaking near a wooded area. It's always a good idea to spray it in your car. What I like about this product is it not only kills fleas, ticks, larvae, and eggs, as well as mosquitoes, it also tackles a hundred different other bugs, which I think is really cool. So it's not only a flea and tick treatment, it also repels. And that's really key because a lot of flea and tick products will kill, but they won't repel. Let me tell you how important that is right now. Just this morning, we learned that four people in the state of Florida got malaria, contacted malaria. Yep. Where does malaria come from? Mosquitoes. Thank you. Okay. So also the other thing you have to think about is lost pets. So Tractive, which is a GPS tracker for pets, it's really small. It's waterproof. It's a waterproof device that gives you live location updates right to your phone. So you can find out wherever your pet is, wherever you are in the world. So you never have to worry to find your dog. And think about it. Fourth of July is coming up, the door, the fireworks. And you know this, more pets go missing Fourth of July than any other time of the year. The shelters are full on the fifth and the sixth. Plus with the tracker, with the Tractive GPS tracker, you can set up a virtual fence around maybe the house you rented for the summer at the beach or in the mountains. And it also acts like a Fitbit. So it tracks activity like sleeping, just like your Fitbit does. And the best price, it's $49.99. They always have sales on Amazon, which will make this price even lower. And the subscription is $5. So I think it's right on. I do too. Okay. Last important thing that we want to talk about in terms of safety is hydration. It's so important, especially as the weather gets hotter, depending on where you are in the country, really humid. And also people don't realize pets tend to lose a lot of fluids through their sweating, right? And for pet parents on the go, it's important to carry water as well as a water bowl, it makes it a lot easier. And a lot of people don't even realize this, for every pound, your pet needs to drink an ounce of water. So you have to be able to carry water, have water, and fulfill that thirsty need. So I like these loving pets, uh, water bowls. They're Bellaroma water bowls. It's a grated bowl, but I like it because it has legs. So it can also fold flat and the legs become a cover. So the bowl folds flat. You can put it to your belt loop or you can put it on your purse. Um, it's safe. It's dishwater safe that I love. Like I said, PBA free and dishwater safe. So you could check it out. I think it's great. I'm going to post pictures of all these products on our social media channels so that people can actually see them. Okay. I think you had another question. Yeah. Talk to us about pet travel needs. Well, as you know, I just came back from California. And one of the things that's always difficult when you're keeping a crazy busy schedule, I do one-offs, which means I go from city to city to city and do a TV show and then leave and go to the airport. Sometimes the dogs don't eat. Wally, particularly, I took him on this trip. So- it can be stressful for them and they can suffer from a digestive upset. Maybe it's the water, but one of the things I like to do is keep Wally fed. So um, 
coupled with the fact that in a lot of commercial diets, you destroy vitamins, minerals, amino acids. Um, those are the things that really promote optimal pet health. So Northwest Naturals offers dog and cat raw, frozen, and freeze-dried diets and treats. I like the freeze-dried diets because they're shelf-stabilized, they're easy to travel with, and they offer other benefits, one of which is it's soft food, it's easy to chew, especially if you have an aging dog, and it can be used as supplementation to your feeding, whether you do it as a treat or you could add it as a food topper just to entice them to eat. All the diets are made in a beautiful USDA inspected and certified facility in Portland, Oregon. Okay, other thing that you and I always talk about is the potty areas. Now we were so happy when the airports put in potty areas inside the airport, right? But when you're traveling, and these potty areas have been around and they've been photographed and they've had, you know, ceremonies about them. Even in our airport, we've had that. But a lot of these auto rest stops and these airport relief areas, they're not necessarily hygienic and they could carry diseases. And a lot of people don't pick up. And also the maintenance is really poor. You walk in one of those places now, they stink. So I always like to bring along my own potty place for my dog. So I like these with smart pee pads, right? So I bring a bag of 14 count and I bring individuals. So I pack that individual wrap. You can see right over there, Dr. Fleck. I pack that with me. I keep two of those in my um, dog's travel bag because this way I could just put it on the ground and then the dog can go. What I love about it is now check this out. These Wismart pee pads, they are actually made from recycled, unused diapers. So they're upcycling, which is good for the environment. And the Wismart leak-proof design absorbs liquid, it traps and eliminates odors, and it really keeps dogs' paws clean. So they're not walking around with pissy paws all over the place. And then, you know, other features that are, that are really interesting is they have stay-proof tabs. So let's say you have a male dog who likes to pee on a fire hydrant or near the wall, you can angle the pee pad on the wall and use the stay proof tabs. How about that? That's really innovation. Yeah. yeah. And then last but not least, and this is something dear to your heart and something that you really know all about is sunscreen. I mean, it's in the summertime with the sun and the heat, it's time to start upping your sun protection game. You've got to do the same for your pets. And I'm going to talk about your product. Not that you haven't heard it before, but EpiPet Sunscreen Protector is the only sunscreen that meets FDA guidelines for ingredient stability. It's waterproof and it has a sunscreen rate equivalent of 30 SPF. It's effective in blocking both UVA and UVB rays which is great because a lot of times, especially with those pink nose dogs, the first thing that usually goes that you can tell is the nose. I also like it because of its fact that it's in a sports bottle. It has a sports valve on it. So you can turn the bottle upside down and spray your dog's belly. It makes it very, very convenient. And it also has a nice fragrance. So that's really nice. Anything else? Sure. Equipment. You know, it's important to have the appropriate gear for summer activities and trips. So canine float coats or life jackets, they need to be sized appropriately so they get the most impact to keep your pet safe. They should have reflective tape, handles to lift your dog out of the water. A lot of people hike backpacks. They need to be sized correctly. And you should never have a pack 
be overloaded. So put in like poop bags, maybe a first aid kit. You, like I said, you don't want to overtax your pet. Get him out, you know, walking with the pack so he gets used to it. Uh, the last but not least, I like a nice place to carry with when I'm traveling. A canine rest spot is a great deal. Think about an indoor-outdoor cot. It keeps your dog off the ground, which is great from bacteria and parasites. You want to look for private that's breathable. You want to look for fabric that's made in a breathable, mold and mildew resistant and easy to wash and maintain. So I have this uh, cot. Uh, I love it. I have a few of them. Um, one cot can hold three of my dogs if I'm, like I'm outside, but they really like getting off. You know, Hammy likes to sit in the sun for a little bit. I let him sit out in the sun, maybe five or six minutes every day. He likes to get on that cot and kind of lounge out there. But when I'm traveling, it's nice to get those dogs off the ground. So whether I'm in a hotel room and then for an older dog who needs that joint support, you could put a bed on and it still gives it that nice support. Thanks, Charlotte. That is really great reporting. Yeah. And I'm like I said, I'm going to make sure I put all the products up that we talked about today uh, on our social media channels with the links so you can learn more about these great products. Wonderful. One of the best parts of the summer season is to cool off and spend time in the pool. Up next, pet pool safety tips. Does your pet have dry, flaky and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and, and country. Let's kick off this segment with the I Like You of the Week. You know, I love giving you the best recommendations about pet products. It's genius. It's to die for. Summer's here, and that means it's time to head outside and soak up the sun. But along with all those hours spent outdoors during the summer season, there's usually comes one inevitable thing, sunburn. Prolonged exposure to the sun's rays can cause a dog skin to burn even through her coat, making it important to protect your pet. Applying sunscreen to your pet helps lower his or her exposure to ultraviolet light and decreases her risk of skin cancer. Well, not all varieties of dog skin cancer are caused by sun exposure, but sun damage to the skin can be a factor. Sunscreen is especially important for white, pink nose, short-coated, dogs low to the ground, and breeds prone to cancer like golden retrievers, boxers, and pugs. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet Canine Care Sunscreen is the only sunscreen that meets FDA guidelines for ingredient stability, is waterproof, includes a sunscreen rate equivalent of 
a 30 SPF is effective in blocking both UVA and UVB rays and has a unique valve spray that provides spray from all angles, even upside down. EpiPet canine sunscreen is $17.95 at epipet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Or you can find it on amazon.com. Are you tired of cleaning up your cat's hairballs? Decrease hairball risk with these solutions. Try a good feline brushing at least twice a week. If your cat doesn't like the brush, use a grooming glove so that your cat feels like he's getting a good petting. Afterwards, use a pet wipe to remove any loose remaining fur, preventing the cat from swallowing more hair. Other solutions include adding fibers such as a tiny amount of canned pumpkin or cat grass to your pet's diet to maintain your cat's healthy digestive tract. Also, consider increasing your cat's water intake to help reduce those icky hairballs. Encourage your cat to drink more by frequently changing the water. Maybe you want to add a tablespoon of tuna water to their bowl, or maybe you want to buy a flowing fountain. Consider lubricating your pet's digestive tract with a tablespoon of olive oil, as well as petroleum-based remedies and or hairball formula food purchased at the pet store or a vet clinic. While you might need to worry about the occasional hairballs, there are instances in which you should see a vet. If your pet is vomiting with nothing coming out, coughing, having a hardening of the abdomen, not eating, and having trouble defecating, as well as being lethargic, call a vet and schedule an appointment. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and that's today's Pet Buzz Now. You know, since dogs are part of the family, we need to treat them that way, especially around the pool. Safety is always a must when playing in the pool, but your dog's safety is an entirely different issue and accommodations need to be made. So before you take a dip, I want you to take my tips into consideration. And Really, you want to start by knowing your dog before she or he enters the pool. Is your dog nervous? Is he calm? Does he like to play uh, in the sprinkler or any type of irrigation system on your property? That's really important because that might give you some indication of how he will be receptive to water. You know, and this is really tip number one. Some breeds like Goldens, Labs, Chessies, PWDs, that's Portuguese water dogs, instinctively know how to swim. And other dogs like American Eskimos and Pugs, they don't. But don't necessarily rely on breed characteristics for natural water inclination. Your dog will develop a relationship with the water based on his or her personality, as well as your introduction to the water with your dog. And that's really key. In other words, he can learn to love the water. So tip number two, get a life vest for your dog. Find a sturdy life vest for your dog that has reflective tape. So if the conditions are kind of darkish or it's in the evening, you, you can see the dog. You also want to make sure that life jacket has a handle in case you need to pull him out of the water. Now, if he swims a lot, you might also want to invest in a pair of for dogs, doggles to help protect his eyes from the chlorine. Tip number three, do some obedience training. Obedience training is a must when danger could be an issue. So make sure a dog can sit, he can stay, and most importantly, come or come out of the pool. So I would have that as a different command than just the come. Come out of the pool. And if he does obey, reward him for obeying. That's very key. So he knows that if he comes out of the pool, it's a good thing and he's going to get a treat. Tip number four, learn some CPR. 
Don't wait because it'll be too late if confronted with a dangerous situation. It's always a great idea to take a first aid class where you can learn some doggy CPR, okay? Check out the Red Cross, check at any local shelters in your area and find out if somebody's offering a CPR class. Okay, pool safeguards are a must. Make sure your pool is surrounded by a fence, and alarms to keep pets, people, and wildlife out. This will prevent any type of accidents. A few months ago, I was telling someone that The Rock had two French bulldogs. The Rock, the actor, had two French bulldogs. He came home one day and he found them floating in their pool. They must have gotten out um, through the patio door, jumped in the pool, and swam themselves to death. They got too tired. So it's really important to have alarms and fencing around the pool. Also, it will help prevent wildlife and other feral animals like cats from getting in your pool. Okay, those are my first five tips. Now, let's talk about what happens when your dog is in the pool. That's the during, okay? Tip number six, supervision is always key. You never want to leave your dog alone by the pool or in the pool. Your pup could get tired and swallow some water or another such pool hazard, and you need to be ready to spring into action. Tip number seven, like I said, not only knowing the command, but teach him how to get out of the pool. It's important to teach your pet to get out of the pool. Imagine if he falls in or he gets tired swimming. If you don't have steps, you need to have a floating dock and you need to make sure he can climb up on the floating dock and climb up on the steps. Tip number eight, Swimming is a great way to keep your pooch cool. As the summer heat intensifies, it's a great idea to take a dip to cool down, but you also want to make sure your pet has fresh water to keep him hydrated. Now, remember, for every pound he is, one ounce of water is what he must drink because he will sweat it all out. And you want to make sure, just like you, maybe you have access to shade by the pool, so does your dog. You never, this is tip number nine, you never want your dog to drink the pool water. Don't allow him to drink the chlorinated pool water. Always make sure, like I said, he has access to fresh drinking water. And number 10 is actually my favorite. Take the time when you're in the pool to bond with your dog. It's a great idea. You can get some pet water toys and play with your pooch in the water. And you can teach him maybe how to swim laps with you. But most of all, you want to have fun in the pool. You just want to be safe. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to leave you cat lovers out because I know there are cats who like to swim. And a lot of this pertains to cats too. But what I'm most afraid of is feral cats in your neighborhood or your neighbor's cat will jump over your fence and he'll fall into the pool. So that's why it's really a good idea to make sure you have these safeguards in place and that you live these safeguards. The other thing that you might also want to do is talk to your insurance company. Hopefully no kids or someone else's dogs fall in the pool. Like I said, most of all, have fun with your dog in the pool or your cat. Just be safe.
Did you hear the bell? Well, it's time. It's always too soon to wrap the show. But before we go, we wanted to give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're talking about what to do with the pictures and videos on your camera roll and how pet technology could be compromising your security. Before we go, we want to give special thanks to our guests, veterinarian Dr. Benjamin Brainard and veterinarian Dr. Tina Wismer. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Now, if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we'll cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Tever Pet Naturals Flea and Tick Home and Pet Spray is a powerful yet gentle botanical blend of essential oils for use in your home and on your pets. It's proven to kill and repel fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes, while also preventing flea reinfestation by killing flea eggs and larvae before they develop. No more bug bites. Keeps working for up to two weeks. Just spray everywhere pests can hide in your home. Flea eggs can lay dormant and hatch up to six months later from places like your pet's bedding, carpet, rugs, upholstery, pillows, and blankets. You can also spray directly on your pets to get rid of fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes. What's even better with Tever Pet Naturals is it's safe to use around children and pets. Now you can rest easily knowing that you can protect your home, pets, and family from biting pests. Just apply once every two weeks for maximum protection. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.